What is up, Royal Army? My name is Roy Yamada, and I will be your host. Welcome to Royal Health Radio. Today is episode nine. Super excited for that. And today I wanted to talk to you guys about the difference between being lean and being healthy because they're not the same, but we really tend to think that they're just uh, correlated to each other, right? So you can actually be healthy and lean, uh, but just because you're lean, you're not necessarily healthy. And the example that I'll be using today is a bodybuilder. A lot of times we look at them like, wow, I wish I could have that body. Like they must be so in shape. But in reality, a lot of times, you know, that that just because they look good, it doesn't always necessarily mean that they're healthy. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you guys today. Um, But okay, think about this. Would you agree to live a shorter and less enjoyable life if you were granted the dream body you've always wanted? Think about that. And now imagine this. Okay, imaginary scenario time right now. If you were walking through a desert, it's super hot. um, And then I don't know what you're doing in the desert, but you're walking in the desert, you trip, and then you look at the floor to see what did you trip on? And there's a magical lamp. So like any sane person, you start to rub it. And to your surprise, a magical genie comes out and he says, Oh, who let me out? You have three wishes now. Um, He said something like that. Whatever genies say. By the way, if you haven't watched Aladdin, you're missing out. Because Will Smith, he's the goat man. Anyways, the genie pops out and he says, I will give you the body you've always wanted, but I'll take away 10 years of life. And you'll always, you'll also have to live with multiple health problems. Now the genie's giving you conditions, right? Um, Anyways, just imagine that. Would you actually do that? Well, to me, I wouldn't, but uh, there's a very big but. Uh, I've always thought about that question, right? And now more than ever in my life, um, I've been really chasing that idea body um, pretty much my whole life. And we see it in the media, like the chiseled abs, broad shoulders, the pecs. Uh, the biceps like Captain America. And actually, my women out there, I feel like you guys have it worse. Uh, There's a lot of body image issues nowadays in today's culture, and we're kind of raising our children this way. They're being born into these messages, especially with social media. So that's just what I want you guys to think about. And at the end of this episode, I just want you to really see the difference between having a nice physique and having actual health. I also want to share this information to help you understand that uh, these images we see as the ideal bodies just aren't reality, right? So the first thing I I wanted to really touch upon today are these unrealistic body goals. With social media, right, you see all of these images and especially if you're mindlessly scrolling through the day, scrolling through people's stories or going on TikTok, scrolling through that, all you see is people's picture-perfect lives, right? They're, they're highlight reels. And a lot of times we think that's just the way that people are living when in reality, it's not always the case. And in most cases, uh, it's far from the reality, right? Um, you'll see people posting photos with fancy cars and these big houses And maybe they just rented that car or maybe that's not even their house, but they're just flexing for the gram, you know. 
and we see these things and we just get so down on ourselves because we're comparing what we see on the internet to our actual lives. And this kind of is a big problem, especially with body image issues. Because when I, if I look back to when I was growing up, yes, I knew I was overweight and yes, I knew I was insecure about my weight. But because I was a kid without social media, I didn't really have those external pressures. And I can only imagine how harmful that can be. So the kids in like sixth grade and middle school, like I I can really truly understand that they're really going through a hard time with all of this. It's just not reality. So that's the first thing that I want you guys to know is like I can literally post a photo of me say I'm a bodybuilder right and I get super shredded and super lean for like a month or maybe one day you know bodybuilders typically do their body recompositions for one single day and that's just show day so leading up to that I can take all these photos all all of these uh, videos during that time And I could go a whole entire year of posting content that I shot within that one or two months, right? And I can make you believe that that's just how lean and how shredded I stay all year round. When in reality, that's not the case, right? So that's what I really wanted you guys to know, especially because when you see these photos too, there's a lot of Photoshop going on, right? I've seen all of those like photos of girls taking photos and like warping them making their butts look bigger Uh, and then the door is warped too so people kind of make fun of that there's all of that stuff going on there's also a lot of surgery taking place I don't know if it's because I'm this age and I kind of am more aware of it I don't know if it's a, a new thing or it's been happening I just wasn't aware of it I don't know but it seems like everyone around me is getting surgery to enhance their physical appearance. And honestly, I'm not bashing it or anything. If that's really what you want, like I'm all for it. Whatever makes you happy at the end of the day, it's your body. You can decide what you want to do with it. But I'm just saying it's it's getting harder to look at these things and not compare ourselves to it. Um, so I, I just want you guys to know that what you see online, again, I, I know I'm kind of just hammering this idea, but it's just not always reality of what's going on. Also, going off of the bodybuilding example, if you look at them, right, they're the most peeled, like the most shredded the last week, right? It's called peak week. And then if you actually look at bodybuilders like two weeks from their show, they look horrible, right? I mean, maybe some of them still have their abs showing, but uh, but they're super bloated and they just don't look good. And it's typically because, you know, when you're getting ready for a show, you're restricting calories so much and it's just really not healthy and you start to develop these really bad habits with food. And I'm not saying anything bad about bodybuilding. Like, I understand it's an art. Uh, it, it, I'm not discounting all of the effort that goes into it. Like, I could never do that. But then again, like, that's just not something that I was ever into. I'm just saying is like, when you look at these photos of these bodybuilders, they're, it's such short-lived, right? And then they, they cut for three months, somewhere around there. And then the rest of the season is considered their off-season, right? Or or their bulk. And the main point about that is they're just trying to pack on as much muscle as possible. 
But again, all of this like cutting and bulking, it really messes with your body and it messes with the relationship you have with food. So I know that a lot of my friends that are into bodybuilding, they really struggle with their eating habits, especially with like binge eating and all of those things. But there are some real dangers to getting that lean. It's really not healthy. You know, they're they're really low on energy, low libido. Um, their mood suffers. They're just not really pleasant to be around, especially during that last week. The cost to look that good is so high. So I do respect all of the work that they put into it. But I just want you as the listener to understand that Yes, you could have that body uh, if you really wanted to. But a lot of times, you know, these professional bodybuilders, that's their job to look that good. And if you were willing to work out twice a day, do cardio for 45 minutes every single day, you could do it too, honestly. But it's like, would you really want to do that? So that's something to really consider or or really think about is like the things you see just aren't real. I'm not saying they're not all real, but a lot of it might not be real. I just want you to understand that don't have these unrealistic body goals. Just don't. And then the second point that I wanted to talk to you guys about is what actual health looks like. So when you think of health, Yes, of course, you think about your physical appearance. And that's a really big one too. And yes, physical health is a really big component of it. But again, you don't have to be super shredded, uh, super massive to be healthy. I think that a better measure of health is looking at things like your energy. All right, energy would be the first one. Let's talk about that. So when you're trying to lose weight or, or do anything, You want to have energy to go about your day. We want to make health and wellness a part of our lives, but we don't want that to be our entire life. And I know people that struggle with, you know, having energy to finish their workday or having energy to go play with their kids after work or having energy to work on their side project or their side hustle. And they want more of that. Well, Let's talk about that a little bit. How do we actually get more energy? Well, you could, number one is make sure that you're sleeping well. Your sleep is the number one way to make sure that your energy is at its fullest potential when you start the day. The second one is to get in activity and movement every day. And yes, you should incorporate strength training, you know, two to three times a week, if not more, two to three times at least. But you should be moving your body and getting active every single day. Even if it's just a 20-minute walk outside, you should be doing that. Uh, You could also watch what you're eating. I know I'm very familiar with the the afternoon crash. And a lot of times it's because we eat these really carb-heavy meals, right? And our blood sugar is spiking and then it has the consequence of crashing right down. So maybe watch what you're eating. A general thing that I always preach is sticking to whole minimally processed foods and you really can't go wrong with that. The second way to really get a sense of what actual health is, is looking at your mood. And our mood is a really big indicator because if we are always grumpy and angry 
and frustrated, that means there's something wrong, right? Our body is so smart and actually what we eat influences the way we think and the way that we show up in our world. I mean, really, maybe all the sugar and processed foods affecting your emotions. I can say that for a fact. So maybe you need to get your diet in check. You know, again, if you're not sleeping well, maybe you're cranky. All of those things go into mood. Also, self-love is a big one. The way that we think about ourselves uh, especially with this whole body image issue, it's hard for a lot of us to kind of uh, speak to ourselves kindly. And I think that it's a really healthy practice to do some sort of self-love or uh, positive self-talk every single day. I think that a great way to do this is to work on yourself. So whether that be you know, using the time to work out to better yourself, or maybe you want to read a book to better yourself, or even um, a gratitude log. I think that having a gratitude log and like writing down three things you're grateful for every single morning is so beneficial. You're actually rewiring your brain to find these positives, to, to find all of these good things in your life instead of focusing on the negative right? We have a bias to move towards the negative. And that's why you'll see like, you'll see it on the news or the media, they what goes viral, it's usually the terrible thing that happened or something crazy that happened. Very few times. It's like, hey, this person uh, went and fed the homeless or, you know, like, it's usually all of these negative things that spread like wildfire. Um, so having this gratitude really can help with the whole self love aspect of health. Another one is our relationship. That's a really big one to our health. The way that we show up also affects, you know, our relationships. So going off of your mood and energy, if you don't have any of that, how are you going to have the mood and energy to have meaningful relationships, right? So all of these things kind of tie into each other and they kind of um, go hand in hand. The last one is really like just living your life. So when I talk about health and wellness, what I'm talking about is just living a good life that makes you happy, that makes you capable to do anything that you want to do whether that be physical or mental, like you just want to be able to live life with no restrictions, nothing holding you back because the worst thing that can happen is if you're at the end of your life sitting on your deathbed and you have all of these regrets about the things that you've never did because maybe you didn't have the energy you didn't have the confidence, you, you weren't in the mood to do all of these things, right? And that's the worst feeling that I can think of is ending your life with all of these regrets. So that's kind of what actual health is. It's all of those areas. Um, it, it's not just about your weight. Honestly, I feel like your weight is the last thing. It's a good measure, but I honestly think that health is more about all of those things that I kind of just talked about. And the last thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about is what you can do to become the best version of yourself. And I know we kind of just talked about these things, but I wanted to really focus on the three big pillars of health and wellness. 
The first one being activity. You heard me just say it about the movement and the strength training. I'll say it again. Yes, you should be strength training two to three times at least. If you're just starting out, that's totally fine. Um, be smart about it too. And also the movement. You should be moving your body every single day. And also cardiovascular work. So strength training is different from cardio because you want to be able to have the work capacity to do everyday things, right? You want to walk up the set of stairs without being completely out of breath. You need to work on your cardio. So, I mean, to kind of kill multiple birds with one stone, you could do your strength training throughout the week, but you could also get moving every single day by maybe doing a brisk walk. You know, you're breathing heavy. That means you're working your cardiovascular system. You could even go for a jog. If you're advanced, you could go for a, a run or do a couple of high intensity interval training days, like some sprints or battle ropes or, or hills or something. So everyone's going to be different. You just have to Think about where you are and start small and work your way up. The worst thing that you can do is go all in and then burn out after a week and say, you know what, this just isn't for me. I can't do this and then stop. It's all about being consistent, right? So whatever you can do consistently, start with that. Even if it's just walking three times a week, start with that, do that consistently and work your way up. The second big pillar is our nutrition. And I think that as far as your nutrition, I want you to kind of shift your mindset. When we want to lose weight, we think about calories and, and we don't really think about the types of food we're eating. Again, a general guideline to nutrition and eating is stick with whole, minimally processed foods, things like meat, you know, beef, chicken, turkey, salmon, um, as far as the carbs, you know, sweet potato, potato, rice, brown rice, um, try to limit your bread intake. And then, you know, as, as much vegetables as you want, you can, you should really be filling your plate with veggies. Um, and, and a variety too, not just broccoli every single day of your life. Switch it up because different vegetables, different fruit have different micronutrient content. So, you know, spinach is different from uh, bok choy and onion and carrots. So get a variety in, make a stir fry or something. That's the best way to really do it. And as far as emotional eating, I know that that's a really big problem for people. And the first thing that you have to do to kind of get over that is actually be more aware of it and to actually catch yourself in the act. And you can actually do that by taking a pause. The next time that you're uh, snacking or you find yourself just grabbing food just because, take a pause, um, really think about, hey, am I really hungry or am I just eating because something happened? Like take that pause, think for maybe a minute or two, and then just being aware of that, you can make a better choice because we tend to use food as a coping mechanism and it's very efficient at doing that, especially with these uh, highly processed foods that taste so good and send all these feel good like chemicals in our brain. It's very good as a band-aid solution, right? It, you get that quick fix. You feel good for a little while. But the thing about that is you eat it. And what happens after? You feel so bad. You feel guilty about it. Um, I know some clients say like they didn't even realize they ate it. 
like they don't know what happened feel like it was an out-of-body experience until it was done and they were like what the heck so it starts this cycle right you start emotional eating and then you feel really bad and then to cope with that what do you do you eat again and it's just this continuous cycle and it's just so hard to break out of right so next time that you catch yourself doing that pause ask yourself am I really hungry or did something happen? And then make your decision. If you're hungry, go ahead and eat it. If it's something else and you know maybe you're stressed or maybe you're sad, find another way to deal with that. Whether that be maybe go for a walk or um, go work out or call a friend. Anything that you can do to cope with these emotions besides food. And that's really the name of the game is we really want to find ways to cope with our emotions instead of food. And that's the big key right there is we're not aware that we're eating emotionally and then we also don't have anything to cope with that. So that's my biggest uh, advice as far as the, the emotional eating and nutrition side. And then let's talk about the last pillar of health and wellness. That's going to be your sleep and recovery, especially if you're strength training, uh, you know, sleep is going to be really important. Even if you're not strength training, actually, sleep is the most important thing you can do, especially if your goal is weight loss. You cannot do that without sleep. I would say that sleep is more important than working out and nutrition combined, actually. Okay, let me break this down for you. What's really happening? So when you don't sleep, Uh, your cortisol, which is your stress hormone, that goes up, right? And as cortisol goes up, ghrelin goes up. So ghrelin is your hunger hormone. And when ghrelin goes up, uh, leptin is also reduced. And leptin is your satiety hormone. That's the thing that says, no, I'm good. I'm full. I'm satisfied. So that goes down. Your hunger hormones go up and they just run ravenous, right? And we tend to ask ourselves, like, why am I like this? Like, why am I so hungry? Why am like, I can't do this when in reality, you need to take a step back and maybe look at your sleep. Your sleep could be causing you to eat this way. Your, your poor sleep could also be affecting, again, it could be affecting your mood, could be affecting your energy and, and all of these things, right? So the biggest thing with that is we want to focus on the quality of our sleep, not necessarily the quantity. I mean, in a perfect world, yes, I think that you should get seven to eight hours of sleep. That's just to make sure that you set yourself up to show up as the best version of yourself, right? But the quality of that sleep really matters. And what are the things that you can do to increase the quality of your sleep? Some of them are to, again, get active. It's the best when you get active first thing in the morning. And even if it's five to 10 minutes of just, again, you could go for a brisk walk or maybe just do some push-ups or jumping jacks. Just get moving a little bit. That's all you really need to get this benefit. Get active first thing in the morning and then you can go ahead and do your strength training or your actual workout later on in the day. Another big one is sunlight exposure. So we want to get sunlight exposure again in the morning time. That's to help with our circadian rhythm and that's our body's internal clock, right? 
it, it kind of goes on a uh, sunrise sundown cycle so it follows the way that the sun is right so we want to reset it by getting exposed to some sunlight first thing in the morning and then by the time it's night you know, your body will start producing the melatonin and all of these other sleep hormones. Um, another tip for really good sleep is to make sure that your bedroom is actually completely black. If you don't already have blackout curtains, I strongly recommend that you buy them right now. Like go walk to grab your keys, go to your car and buy them while you're still listening to this podcast. I remember I was having a really hard time sleeping and I actually went on a staycation one week. This was a while back. I went to a staycation to a hotel and they had those really heavy curtains. And that first night I slept like a baby for so long. I think I slept, I used to wake up at like nine or eight. I think I slept till 12. And then when I opened the curtain, I was like, oh, dang, it's so late already. The sun was shining, but I didn't know because the blackout curtains, right? I had the best night of sleep ever. And it's because of this light exposure. So what I did now in my house, of course, I have the blackout curtains. I even cover even the smallest lights. So that means digital clocks, the small little light on my fan. I put a little post-it note on that. I cover my Wi-Fi lights, like all of these things, even though our eyes are closed, our skin actually has photoreceptors that sense the light and that still impair your sleep. So cover as much light as possible. Another thing that you can do for sleep is to have a caffeine curfew. And usually my thing is I cut out caffeine by 2 p.m. That's currently what I'm doing. I'm trying to work my way up to 1 p.m. But our body takes time to metabolize the caffeine and actually run it through our system. You can have caffeine at 3 or 4. And by the time you go to bed at like 8, 9, 10, it can still, it is still in your system. So have a caffeine curfew and cut it out. You also eventually want to reduce the amount of caffeine that you intake. And you could do this by maybe switching to teas instead of coffee or getting a small size coffee instead of a medium. Uh, small little shifts. Again, take your time with it. You don't want to overwhelm yourself or any of that. But yeah, those are really the three big pillars of health and wellness. Again, it's activity, nutrition, and sleep. And those are the things that you can actually do to show up as the best version of yourself. So that's it for today. I hope you guys found this episode useful. And as always, if you enjoyed the podcast, share it with a friend or family member. I do this podcast for you guys because I know, you know, how it feels to be all alone and trying to figure all of this out. And the more that we can grow this podcast and community, the more people that we can actually help and have a greater impact on this world, which is my ultimate goal, you know, and, and all of us can really make that happen. If you have any questions, you can go to our community on Facebook, join the Royal Army by looking up the Royal Health Radio community, go over there and introduce yourself and leave any questions you have. I'll also have that linked in the show notes. Other than that, thank you guys so much for spending some time with me today and I'll see you in the next one. Peace.